Hello, everybody. My name is Tim Woodring, and you're tuned into the Meetings and Events podcast. In today's episode, Event Tech Trends, we connect with Haley Ingram from the event tech platform Cadence. We get into some great conversation around the hundreds of events that Cadence sees, along with some trends and core features and how event technology can help catalyze connection and combat loneliness. So let's jump into it. Hey, everybody, we are psyched to be joined by Haley Ingram from Cadence. Um, and Haley, just give us a little bit of a background on Cadence and yourself as well. Yeah, of course. Thanks, Tim and Unbridled for having me today. Uh, like he said, we are Cadence. We are an all-in-one event experience platform for your employees, customers, and communities year-round. So we have an iPhone, Android, iPad, and a web-based platform where you can access all of your events year-round, whether that be in-person, virtual, or hybrid. Yeah, and just a little bit of background from us, we use Cadence for a lot of the event apps and technology that we're deploying with our clients. It's one of um, a few apps that we really like, but it's a great partnership and something that we've we've really enjoyed growing, um, particularly you know as the event technology landscape has continued to change. And given that context, you know, of the event technology landscape, our core audience of uh, meeting professionals and corporate event planners, they're always hungry for the latest and greatest in terms of what's happening in the industry. And you guys do tons of events. So I'd love your perspective and Cadence perspective on kind of what's happening with event tech. What are users doing? Yeah, absolutely. And the fuel, uh, the feeling is mutual. We love working with Unbridled as well. Always great to team up with like-minded people. So back to your question, as far as technology usage, being that we're an event platform, I think that's where I can provide the best knowledge and insight about event technology at the moment. So What's really interesting is that in the aftermath of the COVID era of events, people now expect a virtual element, whether the event is in person or not. So to give you a bit of background, I took some notes out of the last 500 events that we've had this year, we've seen a spread of about 48% in-person events, 17% virtual events, and 35% hybrid events. So okay, unsurprisingly, if you're in person, yeah, isn't that interesting to see how the spread yeah. goes? Um, it's yeah. uh, a lot of times I thought it was still closer to 50-50, maybe a little bit more virtual. But once those doors open back up, people really they went back in person. Yeah, and yeah, and um, I think that you know one of the things you know those are big categories of events, but like a hybrid event could be really focused on the virtual component, or that could be even more of an afterthought. And so sometimes it's, you know, in these big categories, it doesn't give us the nuance of what's actually happening on an event level. But in terms of like big things, that's kind of surprising, I think, because from for us um, in the corporate event space, you know, the primary um, audience base that we have, we see a lot more of that in person and a little bit less interest in some of the virtual, but around 17%, we'd probably say maybe 10%. And so, but this is across all industries and, and all, all users. Correct. Because with a lot of those corporate events, I would say it's much more in-person. We're seeing the same thing with like the calls back to office. People really want their employees back 
interacting with one another, getting excited. Whereas some of our paid ticketing events, what's really great about the virtual element, which is why I think we're still seeing it in these numbers, is that it just opens up your audience to such a wider audience. You can reach more people, you can sell tickets a little bit less. Um, so I think that's why we're still seeing the numbers there. But hybrid events are always an interesting uh, caveat, I would say, because what even is a hybrid event? People have so many different definitions of it. So yes, the spread says 35% hybrid, but who's to say that might be, you know, mostly in person with a couple virtual elements, but it's still an interesting spread nonetheless. Yeah, absolutely. So if you dive into some of those numbers, particularly for the corporate events um, that are in that, what are you seeing in terms of like specific to corporate events that's happening? Yes. So Oh, just touched on this a little bit before. I would say for corporate, like I said, a little bit less of the virtual events, but they're definitely still there. I would say with the virtual events, they're replaced were things like uh, continued education, um, you know, trainings, things along this line where it's not really about connecting with one another as uh, employees or as coworkers, but more just getting the information and getting out. And yeah. By, yeah, and by doing this, I think it saves some more budget allowance for those larger scale events throughout the year. Yeah, no, I think that that certainly makes sense. And that's one thing that we've talked a lot about with our corporate clients is really looking at all of their events as a portfolio of events and thinking through event formats as a potential strategy in this larger life cycle of events and communications and connections and whatnot, and really trying to leverage things um, within the formats that can kind of lead to more of an overarching portfolio of events. And, and I think to your point, sometimes some of those, you know, we're seeing, you know, things like town halls becoming a lot more interesting and dynamic. You know, many of our clients have, have I think, through the COVID era, changed their town halls into really robust virtual events rather than just kind of this one-way feed and updates or even an email into something in which you know, it, it is becoming a little bit more of a hybrid event. Maybe there's some in-person audience, but it's it's more of an event. And similarly, some of our clients who were, you know, um, traditionally event managers have taken on a lot more of like communications and internal comms and stuff like that as we see some of these things blending. And so now all of a sudden, rather than just managing a sales meeting, some of them are managing their corporate town halls or uh, executive, um, you know, meet meetings and and things of that nature. So I do think that you know that's that's really it's changed the landscape in a sense. Yeah, it absolutely has, and in some ways it's more, more work, right? But that's not so bad as event planners. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't so long ago that they were saying that events are dead, and you know, all of us pack up and go home. So. No, it's it's good to see how the technology has evolved. And Cadence actually started as an in-person event app. And we really didn't even switch over fully virtual until COVID happened, like everyone else. But it's fun to see how the mix of the two sides have now come back together. People are still expecting that virtual element, even at their in-person events. So it's been really exciting to see how it's developed uh, from our end and seeing you know, what type of platforms people want to use and, and what they're implementing at their events. Yeah, absolutely. And, and yeah, I think that that was, we didn't know what we didn't know in terms of event tech, tech and adoption and, and what was going to 
keep and take and, you know, all of that stuff. And, and so um, with that in mind, I'd be interested to get your perspective. You know, what are you seeing in terms of trends in the event technology space? You know, I think that we've, we've seen in terms of the event tech platforms, many of them have gone from kind of virtual only to virtual plus to, you know, really uh, kind of a, a seamless transition in between a virtual to in-person experience. Um, but in that, you know, there's other things that's that's coming out there between gamification, um, registration, name badge printing, you know, uh, meetups, networking, AI. What are you seeing in terms, what, what do you think is catching fire in terms of event technology? Yeah, of course. So, of course, of course it depends on the industry, obviously, but I would say that some of the trends that were really hot and buzzy, especially during the COVID era, were like virtual reality and augmented reality, immersive networking, like all these fun topics that are cool and are definitely still there. But I do feel like it's cooled off a little bit now that people are back in person. I feel like the technology that's the most successful right now are the features that enhance the in-person experience rather than trying to replace it, you know, adding those virtual virtual elements back into the fold. So for example, um, we have an interesting feature called topics of interest. So when people are onboarded into our platform, there are a list of topics set by the organizer or by the attendees themselves, and they can connect these interests to their profiles. And then I can see that I would be recommended to connect uh, with John Smith based on the fact that we both like dad jokes and cold plunges, something like this. Um, and then we're able to start the conversation before the event even begins, before we ever step foot into that conference hall. Now I've already made a connection with someone. We're already talking about where are we going to cold plunge in San Antonio, you know, uh, just so starting to bridge those two worlds together, I think are uh, the features that are catching fire. Yeah, that's really interesting. And also interesting, you mentioned cold plunges, because I recently almost accidentally clicked on a cold plunge ad on Facebook. And now I think the only thing in my feed are various cold plunges. And I mean, that industry is hot, uh, even though at the same time, quite cold. And so I, I had no clue that, uh, you know, you could buy a cold plunge for a hundred bucks or like $10,000. It's, it's pretty insane. And there are some really hardcore people out there. Oh, yeah. Well, the benefits are pretty crazy. You have to look into it. Really great for inflammation, stress management. So maybe those ads are coming to you because they're trying to tell you something like you seem stressed. So try the cold plunge, you know? <laughs> I, I guess so. And I guess I'm going to have to cool off on the dad jokes as well. Um, <laughs> but thankfully, there's some meetup features uh, for me in that. And, you know, it's interesting that you mentioned that, too, because I do think that uh, organizations and corporations across the world are trying to figure out new ways to connect, connect their people um, both to each other, you know, as a support network and a network of peers and friends, but also to the company as well. And I think really every organization is having to evolve and change the way that that happens. You know, even as a society, one thing that I think is interesting, and I talked about this at our all company meeting last year, is that you know, the primary way by uh, which U.S. adults make friendships is through the workplace. And now that many corporations are adopting more and more practices around hybrid work and remote or distributed workforces, then the kind of the mechanisms by which some of those friendships are formed and, and founded um, it is, is different and may not be a natural outflow from 
you know, the water cooler conversations of, of kind of the past. And so, you know, I do think that events are a great catalyst for that, but it is hard to do that at scale. And I think that, you know, our event planners out there are, are trying to figure out ways to do that, that can be really successful. And that may not look like just, hey, set up a networking time and, you know, things will naturally happen because, you know, there, that's a lot of people and you're kind of meeting strangers. And uh, so I think that what you talked about with that topic of interests, feature and functionality, I think that's a really great way that we can think about technology as solving some of these, you know, uh, real world challenges and also some of the most positive outcomes and benefits that are possible through events. So I think that's really interesting. Um, you'd mentioned hybrid events before, um, as you were talking about kind of the cross-section event, and we joked about how, you know, a hybrid event could be, hey, it's 10 people in a room and a thousand people online, that's hybrid, or it could be quite the opposite of a thousand people in the room and they're just sending a feed to a few people that couldn't attend or who are in international markets. And, you know, uh, it makes sense to just do that as a stream or a record. Um, you know, it's something that we're seeing in our marketing efforts is that there still continues to be really high levels of interest um, in the in our market for information related to hybrid events. Um, and so we're seeing tons of traffic to those to our blog posts and to content that we create in that. But from our corporate audience, you know, I think that they've kind of mentioned that they feel like this is there's a couple challenges to hybrid events for them. You know, one is that it's a little bit of a mixed message to say, hey, we're going to, you know, put a lot of resource into bringing everyone together and Las Vegas. And that comes with a lot of expense and and things that we need to be able to predict, like rooms and, and you know, attrition and, and um, things like that. Um, and then if they create a hybrid event, you know, what do they encourage? In-person attendance or choose your own, but that's hard to plan for. Um, and I think that, you know, from a from a programming standpoint too, then let's say, okay, we do want to have a remote attendance. There's costs involved with that too, you know, between really producing, you know, what looks sometimes more like TV than it does just hitting record or stream on a camera for stuff that's happening live. And we've heard from some of our remote attendees that they feel kind of like an afterthought in some of the events. And so I'd love for you to just kind of weigh in on, on some of the things you're seeing in terms of practices for hybrid events and, and ways that technology can, can be a part of that. Absolutely. I completely hear you about the challenges of hybrid events. Just quickly, I want to circle back to something you said at the start of that about uh, how people are making friends and the importance of connection. I was just listening to a podcast the other day with the U.S. Surgeon General and he was talking all about how loneliness is truly the largest epidemic that we're having right now. And of course, it puts you at risk for things like depression, but also things that you might not have guessed, like heart disease and cognitive decline. And uh, I even read one article that it says loneliness is worse for you than smoking cigarettes. So the, the statistics are, are coming in for sure. And I do see that's that's why I feel like we're in the right industry. We are bringing people together and it is important. But as far, as far as hybrid events go, it just, as far as hybrid events go, it really comes down to the definition of what is a hybrid event, right? That's what you were just talking about. Because on the one hand, for our paid ticketing events, it's been a really great option. They can sell a ticket at a lower price point. They can use the footage during the event to sell after the event. Your event life yeah, can really extend. Attendance. Yeah. Exactly. 
you can sell a lower price point because you have your in-person VIP experience, but some people still want to see what's going on. So they pay for their own paid ticketing. But for corporate events, I 100% agree with you. Uh, the path is not as clear. That's what you just did a really great job of describing. Um, what I will say is that it all comes down to what is the purpose of your event? I feel like a lot of times we're just, uh, companies are just having an event because, oh, well, it's what they did last year. It's, it's the same thing we do every year. It's the same information. But you have to really define what you're trying to achieve. Because for example, if I'm having a product launch for my global company, perhaps it does not make sense financially to have everyone attend this product launch in person, right? You can have your C-suite, higher level executives there. And like you said, you can broadcast this out to all of your employees <clears throat> nationwide, worldwide, I should say. So like I said, it really comes down to the why, because a lot of times events go past just the information that's being disseminated, right? It's about facilitating that camaraderie, combating that loneliness that we were talking about just a minute ago, and really lighting a fire for your team, making them excited about what's to come for you know the next quarter or the next year. So I think as event planners, we have to do a better job of explaining why you should attend this event in person, that there will be a, you know more opportunities, more fun experiences, and that ultimately you will have a higher level experience than those that are choosing to attend virtually. And the truth is, if you look at the travel numbers recently in the travel in industry, it's evident that people really do want to get out of the house. But at the same time, the flip side of the coin, people have lives too. They have, have new babies on the way. They have children's soccer games, weddings, trips, and perhaps it doesn't make sense for them to fly to another place. And in this case, they're not completely losing out on the information distribution at the event. But I will say it's tricky, right? But at the end of the day, it's a company. And if they're truly worried about people perhaps abusing the right to stay home, maybe they're worried that people aren't going to come to their event. You can make it mandatory or you can set a date. We need to know by this date to have proper plans in place. It's their company. It's their prerogative. So really thinking about what your goals are from the very start is what I think is the most vital and the most important. And then depending on what those goals are, deciding which type of event, whether that's hybrid, in-person, virtual, or some mix of all three, um, that's what you can decide. Yeah. 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 And I think one of the cool, cool things is that there's more tools in the tool chest or tool belt of the event professional. Um, and in many ways, you know, um, what you're talking about, kind of this fluidity between formats and, uh, you know, even how we approach that from a messaging standpoint is, you know, there's just, it's a wider um, experience that event professionals are a part of designing and, and managing and navigating and, and as well as the expertise that you have to have in order to make some of these informed decisions. And, you know, I think one thing um, a little bit in line with what you're talking about in terms of cadence and the way that it's built is we're seeing that, you know, even pre-event and post-event are really critical as well. Um, just having the event as almost a repository of what's happened, uh, whether that's interaction and connections that you've made or the content that may be coming through general session or through breakouts, et cetera. And so it's kind of this 
uh, online repository as well, because also things happen, you know, like um, we're seeing a little bit of a COVID, um, you know, uh, resurgence in a sense. And so we're seeing at some of our events that, you know, um, there's some subset, normally small, but that can't attend or get sick before the event. And so just having contingency planning as well, using a platform as a way that you can think to, okay, well, this person wasn't able to attend the event, but how do we get them the content? It's a lot easier if you have that going into the planning, um, as well as, you know, retention uh, drops off, you know, within an hour after you experience something, two hours, et cetera. How are you going to um, get that content soon thereafter to people. Cause you know, if, if that's part of your planning and it's an, it's immediately or soon after an event available to rewatch or go back to something, then all of a sudden you can get that retention, uh, and information back in the hands of the people that it needs to be with, because sometimes it can be a little bit like drinking from a fire hose when you're at an event, um, related to information. And, and, you know, as you say, sometimes you're, you're left with more of the feeling than you are what exactly was said. And so, um, why not have both? Absolutely. And you also have to take into account with these company events, you're hiring all year long. So if you do have all of this, this bank of, you know, here's the event that happened last month, that was really important, but you just started today. You still have all of that information right at your fingertips. That's what's great about using event technology. It really, really extends the life of your event because you've spent, you know, weeks, months, or maybe even a whole year planning this one event. And it's gone in a blink in one to two days. And I love, love that uh, saying, drinking from a fire hose. It always puts the funniest picture in my brain. But it is so true. Yeah. I mean, in one ear, out the other. So to have that that you can reference back to is so important. Yeah. And it's really what's happening to us kind of mentally, even though it is a, a dramatic scenario, if you think about it physically, someone attempting to drink, you know, with just, just this gush of of water just spraying them at them, you know, but that's kind of what's happening. You're just getting inundated with information um, and experience and things like that. And, and there's no way to retain all that. And so that's why, you know, feelings are sometimes a little bit more powerful than the information that's garnered and everything is communicating something. The event format you choose is communicating something, the destination, the uh, venue, uh, obviously what's said, you know, how it looks, everything is communication. And Another thing that we're seeing is that that's different per generation as well. And so you'd mentioned, you know, uh, um, babies and soccer games and stuff. And, and you, you joked that, you know, I'm expecting a child here soon um, in the next like eight days. So that should be fun. Um, but I'll never forget, you know, the first time that my son River uh, walked up to our TV. I think he might have been like around two years old or something like that. And he just went up and started touching it because he expected it to be a touch screen. And it wasn't, but that's the, that's the world in which he was starting to build around technology. It's really a technology native. And I think we're seeing this within some of our younger uh, attendee base, that there's an expectation that there's an online community available as a part of something, because the way they think about their world and their experience is intimately connected with technology and a part technology kind of just in essence. And so I'd be interested in some of your thoughts on what you're seeing from um, users in terms of demographics. Yes, I will be frank with you. We typically work in an older demographic. So I haven't seen too much yet with some of the uh, 
younger attendees, but I will say we do work with a number of universities, which is always interesting. So uh, just recently, this past summer, we had a summer program where we did have high school students on the platform, which is not always the case. But it was really interesting to see all of these, you know, platform trainings or things of this nature that we typically have to include on our events are no longer applicable. You know, they, they know what the live feed is, they click, they post, they don't need any tutorials. Um, so in that way, it is fun. It's, it's fun to see uh, those types of users on our platform and what they interact with. And they really do expect, like you said, they, you know, where's the Zoom link? Where is the, the PDF presentation of what the session I just listened to? They do expect these things. So I would say they just have the higher expectations, like you said. Their world doesn't exist with a, you know, a packet of paper. It's where's the information on, you know, my phone, you know, that kind of difference. But yeah. it's going to be interesting to see yeah, how we develop with the times. Go ahead. Absolutely. Yeah. I think if you think of technology almost like a language and there's then a fluidity and a literacy to it, then when you think about our youngest generations, Gen Z and, you know, the kind of Gen Y upcoming, et cetera, you know, the, they have a, a technology literacy that is native. And so how they navigate new systems or their expectations around systems is different. And they do kind of intuit things in, in, uh, with a lot more speed and uh, with certain expectations. And so I think that's just something kind of on the cutting edge for um, meeting profs to think through and to plan for is that that is changing and they need to think about this emerging audience as well. Um, going back to, you know, uh, one of the cool things uh, about kind of connecting with someone who is connected with a lot of different events and formats and things is just to understand what are you seeing across the board? And so we talked a little bit about the cutting edge of technology and some of the emerging trends. What are you seeing in terms of like core features and functionality for event technologies? It's kind of becoming the canon of uh, an event uh, in terms of technology. Absolutely. So you have your essential features, right? The things that you absolutely have to have at your event. Number one, first and foremost would be your schedule. Everyone needs to know where to go, when to be there. Uh, some of the other really popular features, I would say collections, which is, uh, I'm sorry, I'm using our terminology, but just a, uh, a library Resource of resources. Library. Yes, exactly. So PDFs, presentations, podcasts, things like this. Um, your live feed so that people can connect with one another uh, where they've made a profile for themselves and they can connect with other profiles, um, things along that nature. One thing that we're seeing a lot recently, which funny enough, we didn't see as much use during virtual events. It existed, but I would say it's really been coming back uh, big time is live polling. And I think it's a really great way in an in-person session to kind of check in for virtual too. I don't, I don't know why it's so much comeback now, but it's a great way to send out a knowledge check or, you know, a check-in vote on certain elements. Uh, word clouds are always super fun kind of check-in. What do you think is our company's biggest problem? Everyone writes in words, the uh, more answers, the larger they get. Um, so the live polling has been something that surprised me recently. That's been really popular as well. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think that 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 gets to a little bit more of, you know, between um, attention span, uh, diminishing, we'll say, and then also a hope that things are a little bit more interactive and that 
you know, we're having more of a conversation as an audience than just kind of the didactic audience experience. I think both of those are, are really interesting. Well, yeah, I think that we've covered a ton of stuff here and I have loved the conversation. And so thank you so much for your time. Uh, thank you for the partnership with Cadence. And I look forward to exchanging cold plunge stories and some dad jokes in the near future. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much for having us today. We, again, like I said at the beginning, we love working with you guys and I'm excited to see what the, the future has to bring. And hopefully it's lots of cold plunges and dad jokes. <laughs> cool. Thanks, Haley. Thanks. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's episode on the Meetings and Events podcast with Haley Ingram. Please subscribe to our podcast to get tuned into some of the latest and greatest in the world of live events. We'll be connecting with other industry experts and sharing best practices as we cover topics across the meetings and events spectrum. In the meantime, we wish you well and all the best. Be well, seek good, and bye for now.